0: Where are our former gophers going? The draft has happened, and we've got nine players headed to different spots for camps and undrafted free agents and draftees. Plus, why did Mo choose the Lions on today's episode of hey, no Locked happens, On Golden Gophers? You no are locked on Golden Gophers. what we're gonna do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Whatever it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant. Here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today, it's a new week for us here at On Golden Gophers, and we're talking some of the draft, a little recap, because we had multiple Gophers headed off to different NFL teams, three of them drafted, and six of them heading to undrafted free agent opportunities. Lots to discuss, lots of different landing spots, and lots of positivity for the Gophers. So let's just jump right in. First, I want to know your immediate thoughts on the Gophers in this draft which landing spots did you love? Were you surprised by Mo or where were you hoping Mo would go? Drop those in the comments below and be sure to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any content. Let's talk about all the players that were officially drafted in this NFL draft. The first was John Michael Schmitz. Now, in my opinion, he waited around a lot longer than I expected, than I anticipated, than what a lot of People within the Gophers media, within the uh some of the scouting perspectives as well, thought he'd be probably most likely in that top 40. He tumbles to the 50s, and you know what? It's kind of easily explained once you look at it a little bit more and you look at just how the draft tends to process out. If you have some crazy athletic scores, some crazy relative athletic scores, RAS numbers, it tends to help drive up your your draft price eventually as you get closer to the draft. Now, you might go out there, you might stand out all over the senior bowl, check. You might show out at your pro day, check. And then you might do well in the interviews, check. But even so, if you aren't the fastest guy out there, which I'm not sure why you'd need to be extremely fast at the offensive line position, but if you're not the fastest guy out there, if you're not throwing up a ton of weight, or a ton of reps on the bench press and whatnot, then you're likely going to maybe get passed up by someone that is, even though you might have better production over the course of college, you might have better film out there, you might have even better, like I said, Senior Bowl, Combine, etc., You might have moments that have been better, but if you don't have the top relative athletic score numbers, then you might get passed up, and that's seemingly what happened in this draft. Now, regardless, John Michael Schmitz goes in the second round, and he's going to the Giants, which is an absolute great fit for him, in my opinion. He can jump in as a starter from day one and really contribute for that Giants team. He is great in run blocking, as we've seen, and can clear the way for Mo Ibrahim. And so now he can do that for Saquon Barkley and Eric Gray, who was drafted by the Giants as well. He also is good in the passing game and he'll help Danny Dimes out for sure. Danny Dimes gets his partner in crime when it comes to the center position. And you know what? John Michael Schmitz is going to be a staple in the NFL for years to come. So we're excited by the landing spot here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. We're excited to see what John Michael Schmitz does. And I think overall it'll be worth the wait because it'll be the right fit for him this team that was rumored to want him in the first round and then they end up getting him in the second round it's a perfect thing for them and great for john michael overall now you move to the other two gophers that got drafted in this one we're talking jordan howden who went off next in the fifth round for the new orleans saints Again, I think this is a really good spot for Jordan. It's not something where he has to rush in there and get opportunities right away from the jump, but he is able to learn from some veterans. And you know what? He's always been an extremely hardworking guy. He's always been an extremely receptive player and a very understanding player. He learns quickly. He grasps grasps what he needs to, and then he's able to apply it on the field. I think you're going to see that with the Saints as well. I don't think he's going to be a starter in the next year or two because they've kind of got that safety position locked down Pat with Tyron Matthew and Marcus May back there starting at both safety positions. Now, that being said, I think he does have the flexibility to play either position if they need him to. So if there is any injuries, he's probably one of the first people to get a shot, depending on how quickly he gets up to speed for the Saints. But like I said, he's a he's a sponge. He absorbs information very well. So I think he's going to find great success and great growth with the Saints now it might be two years before he gets maybe even a shot at getting a starting opportunity, but you look at guys like that have been in the Big Ten conference that have done well later on in these fourth, fifth rounds as safeties. I think of Amani Hooker, who had uh, Bayard and uh, I'm slipping on the other safety's name that he kind of basically filled in for. He was able to get opportunities on the field in special teams. That was where he kind of kicked it off. Then as he continued to progress, as he continued to get a quicker understanding of the game play at a faster speed, he started to get more roll, get more run behind um, the other safety. Again, can't think of who it is right now. Absolutely blanking. But he had that other safety had just gotten paid when Imani Hugger came to town. He gave it about two years and then all of a sudden Monty Hooker is the new starter pairs really well with Bayard. They're running well. Uh, They help each other's PFF numbers in sync. Great tandem overall. I think that's a similar type of expectation you can have with Jordan Howden, which isn't a bad thing. And I love the landing spot for him as well. And then we move on to Terrell Smith. He might be able to get some action with the bears in year one, maybe. Uh, they only had one real cornerback last season. So whoever kind of steps up and really shows out throughout training camp, throughout the spring, or not spring, throughout the summer, and then heading into the preseason, if you can make a name for yourself, show that you're consistent, show that you can keep up with the best of them, you might be able to find some spot minutes some role and roll opportunities. And again, special teams is going to be huge for these guys as well. So uh, I didn't mention, but, I th- well, maybe I did. Charles Smith to the Bears in the fifth round. Happy with all three guys. Excited that all three got drafted. Uh, very shocked with that Mo Ibrahim didn't get selected by a team. This was the lowest number of running backs drafted in the NFL draft ever, I believe. Uh, or at least in the last few decades. Uh, only 18 running backs off the board in what was called one of the best running back classes overall. Now, I think the absolute only thing that caused Mo to not get injured, not injured, but drafted, geez, is the injury. Thinking ahead of myself right there. I think the injury and his age, those two things pulled together, just scared away too many teams, which is kind of, you know, it's a little disappointing. Because I think overall, Mo has shown any hesitations about the injury should be put in the past with what he did immediately following coming back from that injury. But again, teams are going to be like, well, this guy, too many things that we have to consider, too many things we have to think about. And so he ended up undrafted. I was a little disappointed by the Vikings. The Vikings had multiple visits with Mo Ibrahim, and then they bring in a different running back in the seventh. Now I know McBride is an absolute uh, tackle destroyer. He can break a lot of tackles. He's hard to take down. He's got some good speed to him. I would say McBride and Mo... Have similar play styles when it comes to forcing missed tackles, being able to have good balance after your contact balance and after contact, they're able to find more success on the ground. The only difference really is McBride has a little bit better breakaway speed and is a bigger height back, whereas Mo is a little smaller for his for the RB, the typical RB you find in the pros. So I think that's really the biggest difference. And then again, Mo doesn't have that long speed. He's got quick burst. He's got some great immediate quickness to him, but long speed isn't really his game. So I can see why the Vikings did it, but I'm not going to lie that I was a little disappointed and I'm not even a Vikings fan. So that's kind of where the Gophers landed. Now, there were some great opportunities as well for the undrafted free agents. Mariano Suri Marin heads to the San Francisco 49ers. Awesome spot. I think overall it will give him an opportunity to work with the team, try to secure a practice squad spot and fight for opportunity. Speaking of that, Tanner Morgan heads to the Steelers where he's absolutely going to grind it out and try to become the backup or the QB three for these Steelers and put his name into into that room. I think Mike Tomlin definitely doesn't care anymore what your draft status is, where you were picked. It's all about how you work and what you get done, how you can do it on the field and in those meeting rooms. So from this point forward, They won't look at Tanner Morgan as, oh, you were the undrafted guy. They're going to look at him as, can you do exactly what we expect you to consistently? And if you can, we can start talking opportunities, maybe a practice squad spot. So I think the Steelers spot is a sneaky good one for Tanner. you got Mo Ibrahim going to the Lions, which we're going to dive into in just a moment. So I'm not going to touch too much on that. Trickett gets a camp spot with the Atlanta Falcons. So young Hui Koo has been their kicker over the last few years. We'll see if they're actually considering making a change or if Trickett can get an opportunity out there. But great to see he's at least getting a chance to showcase himself. Thomas Rush, this is probably the biggest undrafted free agent for the Gophers outside of Mo. Uh, I was curious if he would sneak into the seventh round. He didn't, but it sounds like from Tom Pelissero that he absolutely was very much... Interested by multiple teams. Multiple teams really were highly valuing him, and it sounds like he was high demand after going undrafted, so it sounds like he was a lot on a lot of folks' radars. Overall, he ended up signing a deal with the Titans and gets $175,000 guaranteed. That's more than what Mo gets, and I saw some people going, whoa, how did Mo get less guaranteed money than Thomas Rush? Well, it's all about positional flexibility at that point. Running backs get paid a lot less in the NFL than an edge rusher or a linebacker position because of you're able to kind of find more running backs quicker. You're able to pay running backs less in the league just due to the positional uh, abundance as well as the Most injuries happening to running backs, the lifespan of running backs, careers being a lot shorter, that plays into that money even at the undrafted free agent level. So that's why you're seeing that. But Thomas Rush heads to the Titans, and I think it's an absolute great fit. We saw Jack Gibbons go out there as well, and he was able to go in as an undrafted free agent and lead the Titans in multiple games later on in the season after being brought up from the practice squad, started a few games, let in tackles, and clearly Mike Vrabel knows what he's looking for, doesn't care about the draft necessarily. He doesn't care about the picks, again, similar to Tomlin. Once you're there, whoever shows out gets the opportunities. So I think Thomas Rush landed in a good spot for himself. I'm excited to see all these pro gophers, but let's talk about why would Moe, choose the lions. That one absolutely had me shook, but I've thought about it and maybe there's a reason that stands out and we're going to discuss that coming up next. First, a word to you from our friends over at FanDuel. Now FanDuel, it's it's time to make a fast break over to FanDuel because the NBA playoffs are in full swing. We're on to the second round. And right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, if you would have placed your first bet on my Celtics last night and winning game one at home, you would have lost, but you would have gotten an advantage with your no-sweat first bet getting up to $1,000 back. So that's why it's so great, is it takes the risk away even from something that feels like a sure fire thing. I'm embarrassed that how the Celtics dropped that game, absolutely getting away from defense, absolutely kind of, you know playing lazy it was absolutely disappointing but the playoffs are always great fun and they can be scrappy so i expect them to come out full forces and trying to get game two at home but you know what that is why you should head on over to FanDuel and get that no sweat first bet in there's no place for better playoff action than america's number one sports book visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars Again, that's fanduel.com/slash locked on fanduel, specialist sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, Gophers, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. And thank you to all of the everydayers out there that have listened to each and every one of these shows as we move forward. We talked about all these draft guys prior with our friend of the show john vogel and you know what we got some things wrong we got some things right we thought john michael schmitz would go day one i called the giants which was the right spot but he ended up going day two we both had uh, terrell smith and jordan howden in that kind of range similar to where they were i think i said terrell smith would be around four or five and howden would be around five six Both of them ended up going in five. And then I was diehard that Mo would go in the seventh round, maybe even creep up into the late sixth, but it did not happen. But what did happen is Mo was able to go and choose his spot of where to go. And he ended up going to the Detroit Lions. Now, at first, this might seem baffling. It's like, why would he pick the Lions? Why, when they just drafted a first round running back, in this same draft, taking in Jameer Gibbs, and then they had another running back who they had valued highly previously in DeAndre Swift, and they let him move on, and they trade him for pennies on the dollar, and then they had also just brought in David Montgomery from the Bears, who used to be a starter there, to... He paid him not massive money, but significant money enough to know he will get opportunity on the field. So why in the world would Mo Ibrahim pick Detroit? I was just as shocked as you when I first saw it. I was like, we we have better fits out there. We could have went to the Chargers with Austin Eckler, who might not want to be there. Who else is on that roster? You can maybe sneak your name into the conversation. You look at the Cardinals, James Connors down there. Maybe you can beat him out. He's kind of getting old, a lot of tread on the tires. And maybe you can go down there and be that RB2 and work your way in. And a handful of others as well. So why the Lions? But then I think back to the system and the style of play and what the Lions are trying to do holistically. And I went back to the show that I did close after the bowl game where I talked about Mo and the potential upside and what does the ceiling look like and what does the opportunity in the NFL look like. And I specifically said in that show that if Mo Ibrahim hits his ceiling, finds the best environment for himself in the NFL, then he could see a role of what we saw from Jamal Williams with the Lions in that prior year who ended up setting a 17 touchdown record for the rushing touchdowns for the Lions. He had a decent amount of rush yards as well. He wasn't the guy, but he was used frequently. And so you look at that and you see that happen and then you see what they're building and maybe that intrigued Mo. Maybe that was a a deciding factor of, hey, look, I know that they just brought these other things in, but I'm not supposed to be uh, every down back. I'm not expected to be that as an undrafted free agent. But what I can do is find an opportunity where I can get five to eight carries, and I can start to show out and earn more and get more opportunities and get myself into better positions. And you know what? Maybe the Lions reached out and said, we see you in this type of role. Look at what we did with Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams went off somewhere else. Now, Jameer Gibbs is picked to be our guy like a DeAndre Swift. And you know what? David Montgomery... We're going to find opportunities for him in that in the long stretch of the field from the 40 to the 40, from the 30 to the 30. That's where we want him. But, Mo, we look at you and we see a red zone guy. We see a guy that once we hit inside that 20s, we're rotating you with Jameer Gribbs. We're getting you those opportunities because that play style is your bread and butter. Now, if that's the case, then I absolutely love the fit for Mo with the Lions. If that's the discussions that they're having, I love the fit for Mo. And I am excited to at least see him try to scrap his way through these camps, through the preseason, and hopefully make this roster. But it isn't guaranteed. So I'm excited for Mo. Uh, He goes to a division rival. We'll see what happens with it. And you know what? In the end, everybody had their own shot at him. He was a highly coveted, undrafted free agent as soon as the draft ended. I believe he was one of the first running backs to get an opportunity to sign right away and was given $100,000 guaranteed. And at that running back position, that is significant because it is the same amount of money or very close to it as what those seventh round running back picks were going to make from the jump. So he's getting that same amount of money guaranteed. And now he's p- picking his situation of where he thinks he will be best to be able to contribute. And he's might not probably not looking to contribute on an every down back because that's not realistic for any undrafted free agent from the jump. Now, has it happened? Sure, we've seen it happen with James Robinson, who was able to kind of run away with it right away. But look at how that value has worn down after two seasons of doing damage. All of a sudden, teams are like, you know, He's second thought. So why put himself in that position and instead put himself into the position to pick the right system, find a place where he can be valued enough to play a certain role and get a healthy career going forward in that direction. So overall, after I've given it more thought, I actually do like the Lions landing spot, kind of intrigued by it overall. And you know what? I'm excited by these pro gophers because now that makes 14 drafted players since the 2020 draft for PJ Fleck and staff here at the Gophers. It puts them into that second tier in the Big Ten when it comes to player development. And that is something you should absolutely love for these Golden Gophers. Now, Tony Liebert over on Twitter, give him a shout out. He put together the work and he basically stated how many draft picks each Big Ten team has had since 2020 draft. And since then, you've got your Tier 1 with your Ohio State and your Michigan, both having 32 players drafted in that time frame, and Penn State in that Tier 1 as well with 25. Then you move to that Tier 2, and you've got Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, and even maybe you can include Purdue in there as well. Where Iowa's got 15, Wisconsin's got 15, Minnesota's got 14, should be 15 with Mo Ibrahim, but I regret, I digress. And then Purdue with 12. That's kind of your tier two. And it's great to see Minnesota work into that caliber and hopefully continue to progress there as well and become more consistent with that player development. But as these guys produce more, as they play their roles more, as undrafted free agents, like Jack Gibbons, like Thomas Rush, like Mariano Marin, like uh, Blaze Andres. As these guys start to find more opportunities as they get older into their careers, because undrafted free agents aren't expected to do it from a jump. But as you get to year three, year two, year three, maybe even year four, that's where maybe you have a quick opportunity. You can show out and they're like, okay, we don't care about the draft capital. Come prove you it. Come do it. You've shown it in camp. You've shown it in the preseason. Let's make it happen. So the Gophers can continue to see more trajectory and success in this department as well. It's an exciting time. And I am excited to see what next year's Jeff brings for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Now, To close this one out, we're going to talk about one name that is definitely on the Gophers' radar in this transfer portal. But it's not just the Gophers. The Badgers have entered the conversation as well. And then we have two commits already from this transfer portal. We're talking about that to wrap this one up. All right, Gophers fans. So some quick news on what is going on with the Gophers overall now, right now, the Gophers have two new commits. They have a linebacker who committed in Rowan, and Rowan, can play. he was a safety. He can play the linebacker position as well. It seems like they're bringing him in to maybe play that Sam linebacker, give Joy Gerlach a little depth behind him, and that should be an opportunity where he could potentially see opportunities right from the jump. Uh, Maybe not in a starting capacity, but he can definitely work his way into a rotation heading into fall camp. And then they brought in a cornerback as well. I don't want to dawdle right now because uh, we're wrapping this one up. But I will jump more into details on that cornerback on tomorrow's show, more in details of what he's done so far and what could be to come for him. But I wanted to wrap this one up with the cornerback that is on the radar of the Gophers heavily, and that is Avante Dickerson. Now, Avante Dickerson was the eighth-rated cornerback in the class of 21. The Gophers heavily recruited him then as well, so he has some familiarity with this staff, and that should be a positive for the Gophers as they try to get him, but he ended up committing to Oregon and he's two years out. And now he is back in the portal looking for a new home. And the Gophers clearly have needed some depth at that cornerback position, but with the talent, he could immediately step in and be a big contributor for the Gophers. But, you know, as soon as the Gophers made that first offer to him in the portal and he announced it on Twitter, well, it's very quickly after more Big Ten schools followed. So we'll see if those prior relationships and the prior recruiting for from Minnesota will help bring Dickerson back to Minnesota. Uh, he had initially committed to Minnesota before ending up in Oregon. Now, I think overall he would be a huge get, a fantastic get, and a player that could contribute right from the jump if he does end up making that commitment. And I think that is a big selling point for him. Not only the previous connections that he has had with the staff, but also that there's immediate availability to play important minutes right away as soon as you touch campus. So I think that could be a factor. Now we'll see if that also, if the Badgers are able to play into that as well. Same with Indiana. We'll see how it all turns out, but we'll keep you posted on what happens with Devontae Dickerson moving forward here at On Golden Govers. Be sure to subscribe if you listened this far. Thank you for all that you've done. Let me know what your thoughts are from this draft. Were you excited about most landing spot? Were you disappointed? And what was your favorite gopher spot? overall from the guys that ended up in the pros i want to hear that in the comments below on youtube but thank you for your time we're going to talk again tomorrow we'll jump in and we're going to dive deep on some more football talk later this week we'll do the future of hockey as well as some more hoops talk so be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of that this is kane rob signing off row the boat Skyuma go go